It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Good evening. Welcome into Football Futures right here on Sports Radio WNML. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here tonight as the Big Orange Hotline is going to take over coming up in about 30 minutes. Every Monday night we have the Big Orange Hotline for you from 8 until 9 o'clock. Every Monday from 7.30 until 8, I'm right here talking recruiting. And with Tennessee season off to the start that it is, 0-2, it's not the best time for Tennessee on the recruiting trail. Calling up some of the top prospects in the country, Eric Gilbert, Savelle Smalls, not the easiest for Tennessee because the sales pitch that Tennessee has been making, hey, we're about to take a big step forward, we're going to go win some games, we're going to show you the progress we're making as a program, well, it's not there. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com is going to join the show coming up in just a moment to talk about the impact of Tennessee's start. Again, it's not a positive one. How could I possibly tell you that it is? But we'll cover where Tennessee is, how it affects Tennessee with some of the highest-rated players on Tennessee's board, and where the Vols go from here. That's coming up in just a moment in segment number one. And then in the next segment of Football Futures, I'll give you an update on the recruiting rankings. Not a lot of movement there with Tennessee, but I'll get to that as well as a freshman focus. You'll hear Jeremy Pruitt talk about guys that are playing roles for Tennessee right now and their chance to play even more in the future. That along with some perspective on the position that Tennessee's in, why things could change for the better in the future. That's all right here on Football Futures every Monday night from 7.30 until 8 on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. And I want to welcome to the show now Jesse Simonton from VolQuest.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, thank you for the time as always. And Tennessee's in a position that is not where it expected to be and wanted to be, certainly, at 0-2. It's kind of a carryover from our conversation last week with Tennessee not having the best start on the field. This is not where Tennessee wanted to be. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, this was a a staff and a program that was really hoping to make that year two leap. Uh, the schedule had set itself up, you know, to potentially to, you know, reach bowl eligibility or perhaps even, you know, eclipse that. The fact that you had three home games to start the season, Jeremy Pruitt, the staff felt like the roster was a little bit better. And then you come out and just lay a complete egg in week one and then lose a heartbreaker in week two. Suddenly everyone, Tennessee fans, and especially the staff are kind of looking around and saying, all right, not only how can we fix this, but how can we make sure that, you know, we don't lose a bunch of recruits that we like that we have and then continuing to build that 2020 class around them. It's a lot of tough questions they're going to have to answer, you know, over the coming next few weeks and months. Yeah, because we had the conversation about Tennessee going in and trying to make a big impact on the field to then sell the group of Savelle Smalls and uh, Noah Sewell and Rakeem Jarrett, the very highly touted players that Tennessee is pursuing. There are a bunch of them out there. And uh, in, instead, you can kind of turn the conversation to what about the guys that are currently committed to Tennessee? What do they think about what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, you know, some people say, oh, well, you know, star recruits will go where it, but it's it's not lip service to say that several of those guys that you mentioned, including Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, who was back up at Clemson this past weekend, you know, I think the Tigers uh, are suddenly a big factor with him again, along with Alabama. You know, those guys have gone on the record and said, you know, what they want to see from Tennessee is tangible progress. And they haven't laid out any sorts of, you know, wins. I think Savelle Smalls maybe is the only guy that even, you know, just unprompted, you know, happened to say, like, you know, they need to win eight or nine games or whatever. Well, 
you know, that's a pipe dream at this point. So what, what, what does tangible progress mean for those guys? And what does it mean now, now they're owned to, for guys that are currently committed? Austin Price, uh, my colleague at VolQuest, you know, he caught up with, with Harrison Bailey, easily the headliner of the class right now. And the quarterback, you know, at Marietta said that he's still solid commitment and, and, you know, wants to keep this class together. I think he used the exact phrase, you know, we're going to do everything we can to stay together. That's what we were preaching after the game on Saturday. Yeah, that's concerning two weeks into the 2020 season that still has 10 games to go. Yeah, you want to be talking about building on the class, not keeping the class where it is. And uh, you're right, Harrison Bailey, a headliner quarterback, who's very important to Tennessee fans with what part of the conversation is with Tennessee football right now. So uh, talking to Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com, what do you think or know in that regards? Is it, it is still early, but in terms of where things stand with guys who are committed, is there anything to pay attention to with guys who could visit elsewhere? What, just what do you think in regard to that conversation right now? Right now, I think the staff and even a lot of the kids, you know, talking, you know, that they're okay right now. I think the staff, the class, excuse me, is going to stay together uh, as we sit here, you know, November or September 9th or or 10th. Harrison has come out publicly. You have other guys like Jimmy Callaway who had a huge weekend uh, Friday night, you know, scoring a couple touchdowns on both sides of the ball. You know, he's a guy that Tennessee staff find and took a chance on. So, and they have several of those guys in this class, Darren Williamson, um, a few others. So they're going to be solid because Tennessee was kind of the first school to really show them, you know, significant interest, first power five school. Then you have the in-state guys, the Cooper Mazes. You know, they're not going anywhere either. What I think, really, Josh, is going to have to happen sooner rather than later is the guys that Tennessee is in a really good spot with. Uh, they need to get them in the boat. They need to have some sort of positive momentum out there, whether it be Jay Hardy, you know, from Chattanooga, whether, you know, whether it be Tyler Barron, Knoxville Catholic, can Tennessee continue to kind of get into Memphis and, and make a play for Bryson Easton. They need some, to get some of those guys on board uh, sooner rather than later. Do you know of any, uh, any plans for a decision with any of those guys anytime soon? What, what timetable some of those guys might be looking at if they could pull a trigger? Well, Jay Hardy, you know, we, we visited with him uh, a couple weeks ago. He told us that, you know, he was kind of eyeing a, a late September, early October visit, kind of wanted to take some official visits this month. Right now he doesn't really have any plan, though. He was back at Tennessee this last weekend. Um, Tyler Barron was also up at Tennessee. Tyler has, has kind of always circled a, a, an October date. We'll see if he sticks to that. Um, and then I will say one guy that, you know, I do think Tennessee fans, you know, Tennessee staff absolutely wants to keep a hold on but he's going to take some visits. I think is Spragans from up at East St. Louis, you know, Tennessee did give him that early offer. He committed on the spot. Then he got, you know, offers from A&M, Alabama, some other schools. Uh, right now he's solid as well, but don't be surprised if, you know, that one gets a little dicey because, you know, he has not seen a lot of other colleges and hasn't kind of felt the love that maybe some of these recruits that have been on the scene for a lot longer have. Uh, so I would fully expect him to take some visits sometime this fall. Yeah, Spragan's uh, teammate, Antonio Johnson, he committed and then decommitted from Tennessee. Any factor there do you, do, with what happens with his recruitment? No, and Tennessee's still kind of in conversations with Antonio Johnson, but mm-hmm. they always had Mordecai McDaniel um, from Washington, D.C., who's teammates with five-star LSU wide receiver commit, uh, Rakeem Jarrett. They've always had uh, Mordecai McDaniel kind of a little bit higher than Antonio Johnson on their board, uh, talking to several staffers, uh, staff members of Tennessee. So, I think you know they would probably t- they would still take Antonio Johnson, uh, but he's not someone that I would call like a, a strong priority right now. And you know Spragans didn't you know pop off or decommit when, when 
when Johnson did. So I think they, those two kids do have kind of separate recruitments right now. And then, Jesse, when we talk about the very high-level players that Tennessee had targeted and has been in a, a good position with, but as you're talking about right now, far less realistic, it, do they start to look down the board? Do they start to pivot or look at other options if some of their highest hopes aren't as uh, aren't as possible right now to try to land in this class? Yeah, well, they're, they're going to keep swinging for the time being, but I do think uh, perhaps maybe some of those contingency plans come in uh, into the fold or into the picture perhaps a little sooner uh, than maybe the staff hoped or, or even expected. A guy you know who a lot of Tennessee fans have, have kind of eyed, I think, the last couple weeks because he's put up just some – crazy wild numbers uh is jamar gibbs from from dalton you know that, that that's right across the border in georgia he came up and, and camps with tennessee this summer really impressed Derek ansley um and tennessee initially liked him at cornerback but i think they have kind of gotten involved there a little bit with the idea of if we're going to take a second tailback we need somebody that's different than t hodge gibbs has rushed for 400 yards a couple different times already this season um he, he's got lots of wiggle excellent vision so He's a Georgia Tech commit, so he's you know he he's already has a quote unquote home right now. Can Tennessee you know potentially try to peel him away if they feel like they do want to take a second tailback because they don't think they're going to get you know a five star tight end or, or or another stud elsewhere? Jesse, anything else before you go to add related to visits or any parting thoughts? Anything we might have missed in this conversation as it relates to what's going on with Tennessee's football recruiting right now? No, you're going to have. I mean, it'll be a, a semi quiet weekend, I think. Uh, you know, with Chattanooga in town, Nooner, they'll try to get, they've done a, a, a pretty good job getting some 2021s, 2022s on campus the last couple of weeks. They're gearing up for that Georgia weekend. You know, that's going to be interesting, Josh, because if, you know, if Tennessee is, is looking at a, you know, a win over Chattanooga and, and they're going to be, you know, heavy underdogs at Florida, you know, what, what, what is that prospect list versus fan support versus how much red is in the stadium? Uh, going to look like come you know that first weekend October. So that that one's going to be interesting to watch because you do have a lot of guys that technically are penciled in for official visits that weekend. Eric Gilbert, um, I think Bryson Eason is one of those guys. Um, several others. So do the, does 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 that hold or, or does Tennessee maybe change their plans there? That'll be something to monitor in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, here's an understatement. These next couple of weeks very important for Tennessee. Uh, Jesse is going to be covering it for you. VolQuest.com is where you can read his work and the uh, the team there at VolQuest, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jesse R E Simonton. Jesse, great information as always. Really appreciate the time. We'll check in again soon. Absolutely appreciate it, Josh. So right now, Tennessee has some work to do in recruiting. Negative recruiting is just going to be there. If you thought that it was there a week ago with Tennessee losing to Georgia State, well, you can imagine the conversation that kind of carries over into this week with Tennessee now being zero and two and getting the negative national attention that it is. It's not just here in Knoxville that this is being talked about. This is being talked about around the country, and it's very easy for recruits to hear that, not just from opposing coaches, but from friends or family members who know that prospects are considering Tennessee. It's easy for them to hear, hey, did you see what happened at Tennessee this past weekend? So that's something Tennessee just has to battle right now, and Tennessee's coaching staff knows it. Last year was not the best for Tennessee, but there were some bright spots along the way. The wins against Auburn and Kentucky that Tennessee was able to sell. At the end of the season, Tennessee was 5-7. and seven. The Vols were hoping to take a big step forward. As you can see, that has not happened to this point. Let's see what happens over the next few weeks because that really is important for Tennessee. 0-2 is no good. 1-3, 1-4, 1-5. 
that would only make matters more challenging in recruiting. Coming up next on Football Futures, I'll talk about the future of some of Tennessee's current players. I'll update you on the recruiting rankings, a little perspective, all of that coming up in the next segment of Football Futures with the Big Orange Hotline taking over at 8 o'clock. My name is Josh Ward as you continue to listen to FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Thanks for being here tonight on Football Futures. My name is Josh Ward with the Big Orange Hotline taking over at 8 o'clock right here on the Sports Animal. As recruiting continues to be a focus for Tennessee, building up the young players, helping them develop will continue to be an important focus on Tennessee's future as well. So before I get to recruiting ranking update on what's going on with Tennessee there and then a look into the future with the program, how about a freshman focus for Tennessee? Because guys are already playing important roles for Tennessee. When you think about the offensive side, look at Eric Gray the other day. thought he looked really good, and he has shown through the first two games that ability that had him highly ranked as a prospect. He's one of the best athletes on the team, could be a big-time playmaker for Tennessee over the next few years. On the offensive line, you have Wanye Morris and Darnell Wright already helping. We'll see what their roles are moving forward, but they have played a good amount already on the offensive line as they were expected to do. And then on the defensive side, a side that's really inexperienced and has dealt with some injury issues, and Bryce Thompson not available at corner either, you have Henry To'o To'o playing a big role at inside linebacker. Same for Warren Burrell, who's been starting at corner. We've seen Quavaris Crouch. Roman Harrison was in late in the game for Tennessee against BYU. Jalen McCullough is a player that I think we might want to pay attention to as the season goes along. Does he get more of an opportunity at safety? That's a player to potentially pay attention to as well. And then there's, of course, the conversation around Tennessee's backup quarterbacks. As Jarrett Garantano continues to be the starter, that was made clear uh, to be the case by Jeremy Pruitt earlier today when he met with the media and when he spoke at the Knoxville Quarterback Club, you have true freshman Brian Maurer and redshirt freshman J.T. Shrout backing up Jarrett. And uh, it looks like Shrout's the number two guy, Brian's the number three player, but that battle continues for the number two spot, and neither guy has played to this point. So there is a big unknown with those players. Jeremy Pruitt did say that it's been very clear over the last six months, if you've been around the program, that Garantano is the best quarterback Tennessee has, that he's the best starting option right now. But at his press conference today, it was brought up the importance of getting some snaps for Shrout and or Maurer. Remember, neither guy played against Georgia State and, of course, didn't play against BYU this past weekend either. How important is it to get those guys some reps? Jeremy Pruitt talked about that earlier today, meeting with the media. Well, it's been important the entire time. Uh, the opportunity has not presented itself. You know, we said in, in, in the first game that uh, in, in the second game that if the opportunity presented itself, we wanted to put one or both quarterbacks in the game. Uh, we've got to create a, a backup quarterback. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's no doubt, not if you've been around our program for the last six months, who the best quarterback on our team is, okay? Uh, but there's also no doubt that Sometimes when you get kind of under the lights a little bit, it's interesting to see how guys play, you know. Uh, and we got to get both of these guys live game opportunities. 
so we can see. Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt. So you heard the comment there that he made stressing that Jared is the best quarterback Tennessee has right now. Maybe that's something that changes along the way, but right now Jeremy Pruitt and his coaches believe that Jared Garantano is the best option at quarterback. Let's see how this season progresses. Let's see this weekend against Chattanooga what Tennessee's able to get done with the backup quarterbacks. It was a really big missed opportunity, I think, to get at least one of those guys in there in the season opener against a Georgia State team that Tennessee was expected to beat soundly. That did not happen. So Tennessee was not able to get either of the backup quarterbacks into the game. This week, that has to happen. Tennessee's a big favorite. You're not going to find the line too many places, but I did see earlier today DraftKings has Tennessee as a 28-point favorite against Chattanooga. It's a game that Tennessee should win easily. It's a game that Tennessee should be able to put a lot of points on the board. And I know what you're thinking when I say what Tennessee should do because Tennessee should have done that against Georgia State, and it didn't happen. It needs to be a focus this week. Tennessee needs to put some points on the board. And it's an important game for Jarrett Garantano. He's not played well in the first two games of the season for Tennessee. If he's going to remain the starter for the Vols, and he is, well, then this is an important game to work on some of the issues that Tennessee has dealt with. But then after that, get him out of there in the second half and get J.T. Shrout into the game. Perhaps Brian Maurer plays. That's something they continue to battle through in terms of that backup spot. That's something to pay attention to this week. So the freshman focus, we'll continue to watch to see if the freshmen play bigger roles in a number of different positions. Could Ramel Keaton see an advanced role in Tennessee's offense as the season goes along? Do the tight ends get involved at some point? There are other players to pay attention to at uh, a number of different spots that will play a bigger role for Tennessee in the future. And speaking of the future, Mike Keith was asked about that earlier today. He's, of course, the play-by-play voice of the director of broadcasting for the Tennessee Titans, and he was on the morning show today, the starting lineup, and talked about the position Tennessee's in, the Vols being 0-2, and Tennessee trying to rebound from it. A little perspective here for Mike Keith. The 86 team coming off the 85 Sugar Bowl started 2-5 and five and finished 7-5 and five and won the Liberty Bowl. I, I think the, the big thing, and I watched the entire game the other night, is I, I thought the young players did some good things. I, I mean, listen, that Eric Gray, man, that dude is, is special. Uh, to see Bumpus get after the quarterback and – you know, to see some other guys, uh, Tuoto, play the way he did at linebacker, kind of like the NFL, it's such a long year and it's such a long process. It's hard to see the whole thing. I know who's committed right now to that football team. I follow recruiting like crazy. I know I've got problems, but I do. I follow it. Just hang on. That's all I could say at this moment is just hang on because I think there are some things for that program as they grow and learn how to play as a football team, almost like as an NFL team, almost like, you know, everybody in Cleveland's burning the village down right now because they, they've taken their sports illustrated that they got and they've set them all on fire. It's one game for, for Tennessee. It's early. Let's see what the product looks like in November. That's the challenge. Mike Keith this morning on the starting lineup, and it's a big challenge for Tennessee. I don't think anybody's hiding from that fact. Tennessee being 0-2, for the first time in 31 years. It's a challenge on the recruiting trail. It's something Tennessee is going to have to battle. And if Tennessee doesn't figure out how to win some football games, as I mentioned earlier, if the record continues to get worse once SEC play begins, 
well, there's probably a ceiling to what Tennessee can realistically get done in this 2020 class. Tennessee's not going to go hit a bunch of home runs in December and February if this season goes very poorly all the way through. Tennessee needs to show those players who can go to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Florida, and LSU, and all those other schools. Tennessee has to show progress to those guys, and Tennessee's not done that to this point. Before I go, a recruiting ranking update for you. Tennessee is pretty much holding steady with the 15 commitments who are currently in the 2020 class for Tennessee. Tennessee is ranked 22nd in the 247 Sports Composite. That's 10th best in the SEC. And then, according to Rivals, Tennessee has the 25th best class and 11th best in the SEC. That does back up that I think Tennessee likes what it has. I think Tennessee likes its class to this point. But Tennessee, no doubt, has hopes of landing other very big-time players. Harrison Bailey is a nice commitment. Mordecai McDaniel, B.J. Ojolari, Ojolari being a teammate of Harrison Bailey. You know, those guys are really nice starting pieces to this class. Tennessee is hoping to continue to add big-time players to get Tennessee's class in 2020 to where Tennessee is being more competitive with the top rivals in the SEC and the top programs in the country, and there is work to be done there. So uh, the conversation tonight is probably about what you would expect in terms of where things are with Tennessee right now. This week's not going to change much on the recruiting trail, I would not imagine, but Tennessee's coaches, I promise, will continue to work the recruiting trail as hard as possible. Jeremy Pruitt has told us that's the case. So every Monday night, I'm here with you on Football Futures from 7.30 until 8. The Big Orange Hotline is coming up next. If you miss any of the show, if you want to go back and listen, you can find it online, sportsradiownml.com and on the WNML app. Thanks to Sam Foreman producing. My name is Josh Ward. The Big Orange Hotline is next on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal.